today on Ag News Daily. So find your passion, find what you want to learn about and like what you really want to strive for. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Pearson here, back again today, joined by Delaney Howell, who flew the plane solo yesterday. Delaney, how are you doing today? Let's see. It's Friday, so I'm good, uh, but we have some bittersweet news coming on later in the podcast. Today is Madison Honkamp's last day, so I know I've been teasing an interview with Rob Brenneman of Brenneman Pork all week, but we're going to save that for next week because it's Madison's day, so we've got to honor Madison today. All right. Yeah. And uh, the trouble in the pork industry won't be going away over the weekend. So I'm sure Rob will still have a lot of insightful stuff when we get back next week. Absolutely. Well, Delaney, before we get to Madison's uh, final interview, why don't you bring us up to speed on what is happening in the world of agriculture? What stories are you keeping an eye on today? Yes, today I haven't had a ton of time to watch the markets and news as I usually would be doing, but I did see this one come across the headlines looking at U.S. and China's phase one agreement progress. We are seeing them make pretty strong progress on implementing the phase one trade deal. As I talked about yesterday on the podcast, I think the reason that I've been maybe a little more pessimistic or or jaded when we see these reports saying, oh, China's going to fulfill their promises on purchases, et cetera, et cetera, is because we've just been buried in so much COVID-19 news that it's hard to pick through some of that noise and see that there is some silver lining going on when it comes to the U.S. and China's progress in the phase one implementation. So, Mike, according to a statement released Thursday night by the U.S. Trade Representative's office, Robert Lighthizer and Secretary Steve Mnuchin said that both sides agree that good progress is being made on creating the government infrastructures necessary to make the agreement a success. He went on to say that they also agreed that in spite of the current global health emergency, both countries fully expect to meet their obligations under the agreement in a timely manner. So it doesn't sound like China's going to ask for any sort of let out of their agreement. It sounds like they are going to continue on that pathway to meet phase one purchases here in 2020 and 2021. All right. Well, I think that would be very welcome news. I spoke with uh, Ted Seifert this week uh, or this weekend on This Week in Agribusiness, and we talked about what China's eventual purchase of soybeans could mean for that market. And, you know, it could be quite a shock, especially if corn planting proceeds at its, you know, near record pace, and uh, we sacrifice some soybean acres to get more corn in the ground. That combination of things could be, uh, you know, you never know, but it could present some fireworks later on this year. Delaney, I've got some other news. Of course, we have spent a lot of our time talking about coronavirus and COVID-19 and its effect on the industry. But of course, the internet has found a new thing to create memes about, and that is the murder hornets, which have landed in Washington. You're familiar with murder hornets, I'm sure. Mm, Yeah, I mean, I've seen it in the news. Yeah, basically, there's been two of these things found in Washington state. Um, hundreds of reports, but only two have been confirmed. But of course, the internet has taken to it. And, you know, there's of memes about these murder hornets. They are basically just gigantic hornets, uh, two and a half inches long, that can sting you multiple times. So there's, there's a I, risk to people. I heard that, not to interrupt you, but I heard that uh, people in other countries, I think Japan was the country I saw, was actually eating them. Sure, a lot of meat on those bones. I guess. But here is the concern 
um, it, they potentially, if they actually spread, if there is a hive of them that is spreading, you know, all of those things we don't know yet. But there is some concern beyond stinging people. What these hornets are known for is they invade beehives and they attack honeybees, and only a few of these hornets can wipe out an entire hive in hours. So, of course, we have been having struggles raising honeybees in this country. We've had, uh, you know, colony collapse disorder and all these other things over the past several years. This could be, you know, one more issue that, uh, that beekeepers have to be aware of. And, you know, this matters to a lot of aspects of agriculture since pollination is such a huge component of actually getting things to bear fruit. So we'll keep an eye on more murder hornets. I have a hard time <laughs> saying that phrase. Yeah. But um, as of now, don't freak out quite yet. Enjoy the memes, laugh at them. It's something to chuckle at here in coronavirus times. But, you know, be aware that this, this could be a significant thing. Okay, it could be, but will it be? That's the question. But in other news, yeah, <laughs> Vice President Mike Pence is, of course, in Iowa today to meet with food supply chain CEOs, agriculture leaders, and other government officials. They had an, a meeting this afternoon in the headquarters of hy Hall here in Des Moines area. So I'm not really sure if that was open to the public. I never received any sort of media uh, availability. So I'm assuming it was a pretty closed meeting, but they're going to be discussing, I'm not sure what time their meeting was today as we record this podcast. It's about two in the afternoon. So I assume their meeting is underway, if not already part way through, but they were going to be discussing ways to ensure that the supply chain doesn't have disruptions like we're seeing forecasted or could even be seeing in parts of the country. And one of those issues that they're, of course, going to be tackling is meat packing facilities. So U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Sonny Perdue today said that quite a few facilities were opening back up this week, including, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, about 15 different facilities are reopened this week. So pretty much any facility we've been talking about over the past couple of weeks, the Tyson one in Perry, Waterloo, Logansport, Indiana, uh, Smithfield in Sioux Falls, the Genio Turkey Store, all of those should be back up and running. It sounds like those CDC slash OSHA plans have been approved at most of those major facilities. And so Secretary Purdue says, full steam ahead. We got to get the supply chain back up and running. Yeah, and that was hugely, those, the anticipation of these plants reopening was broadly favorable to the livestock markets both Wednesday and yesterday. Today, uh, we're still seeing a little bit of gains in live cattle, but both feeders and hogs are off a little bit. Uh, you know, kind of a buy the rumor, sell the news type of event. Uh, I do have some other meat news, though. You know, we've talked a few times about uh, meat production in Brazil and how meatpacking plants in Brazil have, just like in this country, been a hotspot of COVID-19. Well, we've got the first real closure. A uh, municipal, uh, municipal court in uh, Lajedo has ordered a meat processing plant owned by BRF, uh, the Brazilian meatpacking facility, closed for 15 days. They had a uh, considerable outbreak there at that plant, and so the uh, the city or the the province has ordered that plant to shut down. BRF says it is going to appeal the order, but I think this is perhaps a sign of things to come as Brazil is now grappling with the coronavirus. They're about two months behind us in terms of its spread, and I think we're probably going to see more of these things, so I don't think we're going to see a flood of Brazilian meat coming into uh, mm. the U.S. here, which was talked about, you know, gosh, just about yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, so there's news there might also be supportive of cash prices in this country on uh, 
potentially on live cattle, although Brazilian beef probably wouldn't make much of a uh, splash here in this country, but uh, potentially on hogs, we could see uh, some live prices climb a little bit, especially as our plants come back online. Right. It's going to be interesting too, to see, you know, prices at the grocery store are obviously going to increase if we don't have enough uh, supplies for folks, how that's going to relate back or will it impact the futures markets? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch. Well, and it certainly has been. You know, the traders have been watching those record high prices. You know, this will be day 12 of record high retail beef prices. Uh, Unbelievable, unbelievable increases in margins for packers. And that's the kind of incentive those packers need to pay their employees whatever it takes to get them online and keep moving those prices along. So traders are watching that. They're watching it trickle back the supply chain. I know for a lot of our cattle feeding friends and cow-calf producers and hog producers, it's been frustrating that we haven't seen higher prices translate down into the cash trade yet, but the trade is thinking that is coming. Um, the packers are going to want to keep these lines moving, and eventually that means they're going to have to up the payroll and uh, really shell out some dollars to get those beef and those, uh, those hog animals moving into their clutches. Hey guys, when I'm not hosting the Ag News Daily podcast, I'm actually helping out with Iowa Farm Bureau's Spokesman Speaks podcast. If you're from Iowa, you're probably familiar with the Spokesman newspaper. It has the largest readership of any ag newspaper in Iowa. The Spokesman Speaks podcast is essentially an extension of that newspaper, reaching farmers and ag professionals like you on the go with the stories that matter most. In this week's episode, we talk with the new chair of Iowa State University's Department of Animal Science, who also happens to be the host of RFD-TV's popular Doc Talk program. We also chat with Iowa Farm Bureau President Craig Hill, who fills us in on the most pressing needs he's hearing directly from farmers as he's conducting listening sessions around the state. You'll also want to check out a special one-on-one interview we did with Senator Chuck Grassley on April 27th, featuring his latest insights on current and future COVID-19 relief. You can find and subscribe to the Spokesman Speaks podcast in your favorite podcast app or go to iowafarmbureau.com slash podcast. Yes, indeed. Well, Mike, speaking of all this market talk, shall we take a look at where the commodities left us for today? Yeah, let's do it. As we take a look at the grains, we had broadly supportive news yesterday. Exports were generally in line with analyst expectations. We saw China step into the corn market. We've got a cold snap moving across much of the northern corn belts, now North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, parts of Iowa, parts of Illinois, parts of Indiana, all under frost warnings and advisories, uh, could prove detrimental to the emerged soybean crop. And those things are coming together to leave us this week with a little green on the screen. In corn, the July contract was up one and a quarter cents at 319 and a quarter with the December up one and three quarters to close at 335 and three quarters. Beans were the big winner as they were the ones who could potentially suffer the most in this frost uh, event. July up six and a quarter at 850 and a half with the November up seven and a quarter closed at 855 and a half. Chicago wheat mixed on the day. The July was down half a cent at 522, while the December was up a quarter at 533 and three quarters. Over in livestock, as I mentioned, some green and live cattle with the June contract up 67 and a half cents at 94.65. The August up 25 cents, closing at 100. 
twenty. Feeder cattle down on the day. The August contract down a dollar twenty at one thirty six ninety five. September down eighty seven and a half cents, closing at one thirty eight fifteen. Lean hogs also seeing a little bit of selling pressure today. The June down two dollars twenty cents at sixty one seventy, with the July down a dollar seventy seven and a half at sixty one seventy two and a half. Looking at dairy class three milk, that rally has continued. The May class three milk contract up seven cents at eleven fifty five. The June up thirty eight, finishing at thirteen sixty eight. Well, before we get to our conversation with longtime intern Madison Honkamp, let's have a little Friday funny with our friend Tim the Dairy Farmer. Tim the Dairy Farmer here. Hey, who knew the timber industry would be so appreciated in a time of need? Sure, farmers, processors, truckers, and stores deliver the food to the people, but in the end, we all definitely need toilet paper. My cousin Mark called me today and said he just ran out of toilet paper and had to start using lettuce. He told me that today was just the tip of the iceberg. Studies say that one tree can produce 1,500 rolls of toilet paper and the average person uses 100 rolls per year. Not only is that a lot of trees, people, that's a lot of 2x4s in your crack. I was with a buddy on a road trip and he hit the woods off the road to do his thing. He came back missing a sock. The University of Nebraska is actually named after the original toilet paper, corn huskers. I thought a corn husk sounded rough until I heard about some people using seashells. Holy crap, that's gotta hurt. Hey, stick this seashell up to your ear and you can hear the smell of New Jersey. Hey, this is Tim the Dairy Farmer. To hear more about me, go to timthedairyfarmer.com. I hope y'all are safe and keep milking it. Well, for today's Fry-Yay interview, it's not such a Fry-Yay after all, because Madison Honkamp, our intern, is finally leaving us. Madison, we're very sad that today is your last day. I know, I am too. (laughs) You've been fantastic. You've been with us for almost a year and a half, is that right? Yeah, I started in January 2019. Yeah, that sounds right. It's been a long time. Been a while. You've been really a member of the family. <laughs> I have. Well, Madison, bring us up to speed. You've been working with us for, yeah, over a year. And now <laughs> we've got to let you go. We've got to let you spread your wings and move on into the world. What is next in the world of Madison Honkamp in coronavirus times? <laughs> so I am, well, I just finished my sophomore year at Iowa State at home. Um uh, This week was actually our last week. It was finals week. And so next week, I will be starting with Iowa Farm Bureau as their digital marketing intern. Um, So with that, I get to get to learn more and more about, you know, social media, media development and promoting their brand while working on like Spokesman Speaks podcast and just various other projects, and I'm really excited for that as well. Yeah, that's going to be really neat, and uh, we'll still kind of be working together. Fingers crossed that things start to open back up, but since I host the Spokesman Speaks podcast, hopefully we'll still get to see each other maybe once every couple of weeks for that. I know. I hope so. I hope it, I hope we can go back to office here soon. Yes. But actually in reality, we really, I was thinking about this the other day, we didn't really even see you much over this past year and a half. I was thinking Mm -hmm. like maybe five times or less, maybe a little more than that, because I spoke for your uh, sorority group, but we really Mm -hmm. didn't see you much this whole past year and a half. 
I know everything was remote. And Hong Kong's ability to work remotely. Any employers out there who are looking for somebody to give a full-time job to with full benefits and a huge salary, Madison is a self-starter and a good worker. (laughs) Thank you, Mike. Yeah. So, Madison, you have really listened to a lot of different interviews. You've worked with a lot of different folks over the past year and a half here on the podcast. And you have a background in agriculture. Was there anything here over this past year that you learned that surprised you about our industry? I really learned a lot about the markets, honestly. I didn't have any background, not any background knowledge, but I didn't have a lot of background knowledge on understanding the markets and understanding really how they work together and how everything affects them and I think especially listening on like Market Monday discussions and just different um, interviews that we did on the podcast like I was really able to see how really every little thing can affect you know the price any price of um, commodities Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a learning curve, especially the markets. Mm -hmm. It's probably the hardest thing to learn about the business of agriculture. But Madison, I'm assuming that since you are our interview for today, we'll probably pick up some younger listeners, maybe some of your friends or family or uh, other folks, as I'm sure you'll share this on social media. But for those younger people in agriculture right now, what advice do you have for them? Because you've spent a year and a half with us. You've learned a lot of things. You've now been through probably the weirdest time of trying to go to school and and manage all of the other things going on with COVID-19. What advice do you have for those people? Um, My biggest piece of advice that I always tell students, like especially my peer mentees, I'm a peer mentor for agricultural communications at Iowa State, and I always tell them to get a planner. Um, Even if it's an electronic planner on like your iPad or your computer, um, but just to be able to write everything down. I know with working remotely last summer, especially with you guys, since a lot of the projects that I did, it was like all of my own time management. Like I had to come up with my own. So being able to schedule out your day is probably the best thing you could do for yourself if if you're working remotely or you don't really have someone else there to tell you, to like keep you on track, if that makes sense. And it's even helped just with classes um, at school, just helping keep everything in line. That's probably my biggest piece of advice. My other piece of advice for students either coming into agriculture or they still have a background in agriculture is really focus on what you're interested in because there are so many different aspects in agriculture. Like you can, everything is so just, there's so many different topics that you can focus on. And like the one thing that I decided to focus on is social media development and like advocating for agriculture and being able to focus on that rather than, you know, like cattle production is something that I've become passionate about. So find your passion, find what you want to learn about and like what you really want to strive for. And I think that will really help, especially like as you're growing 
Absolutely. There are so many facets to this industry. It's not just getting out there in a the field and putting seed in the ground or getting out there and raising livestock. There's a million things when it comes to agriculture and a million different opportunities if somebody wants to spend their life in that role. Madison, we've really appreciated having you on. We've really appreciated your positive attitude and your can-do spirit. And we here at Ag News Daily wish you the absolute best of luck going forward and know that you've always got good references if you need them coming from us. Thank you so much. Well, folks, that is Madison Honkamp, intern for the past, oh, geez, 16 months almost here at the Ag News Daily Podcast, Iowa State student, general hard worker. Madison, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Yes, thank you, Mike. Well, we're going to miss Madison. I'm going to miss Madison, Mike, but we've got a great new intern starting next week. So things are going to be shaken up again. We're going to have a, a new voice on the podcast. It'll be fun. We'll uh, do some threesome roundtable discussions and whatnot, but uh, we're excited for Madison to move on. I'm excited for her to do some other things. She's probably learned about all she can from us, I, I would say. Yep, I would think so. Not a whole lot to glean from us, but I think, uh, I think she picked those bones clean. But listeners, we want to hear from you. We want to know what's going on in your part of the world. How is planting progress going? What have you seen with regard to livestock depopulations? Uh, let us know. Drop us a line. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for Ag News Daily or visit our website. Go to agnewsdaily.com. Check in with all our past episodes as well as those of the other podcasters on the Global Ag Network. With that, Delaney Howell, should we let the people go? Let's let them go.